The Rule Church Podcast 2.0. Welcome to the Rule Church Podcast. Just a couple of pastors discussing life, ministry, the gospel, and theology from the perspective of the local church. Hey, Eddie, what's it time for? The Rule Church Podcast. Welcome to the Rural Church Podcast 2.0. 2.0, Eddie. Yeah, it's great to be back off of a however many year hiatus from Four. 2018. Four, yeah. while, while you were completing your PhD. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, we are in a different world today. That is so true. We you know, are. 2018 was BC. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if that might be sacrilegious to say it that way, but yeah, you're right before covid well listen this well, we, we better introduce ourselves because we're sure to be a different different audience um if anybody's even listening at all hi mom so uh we have <laughs> alan nelson great, great lady yeah <laughs> alan i'm alan nelson the pastor of perryville second baptist church in the metropolis of perryville arkansas just under uh 1500 people if you don't know where perryville is we're just outside of Toad Suck. So, and then I'm with me as my friend and co-labor and brother in Christ, Eddie Ragsdale. Eddie, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, I'm Eddie Ragsdale. I'm the pastor at Marshall First Baptist Church in Marshall, Arkansas, slightly smaller than Perryville, about 1,300 people in uh, beautiful Searcy County, uh, just south of the Buffalo River. No idea when this episode's going to air, hopefully sooner rather than later, but what we wanted to do is just talk a little bit uh, about who we are uh, and about our heart for the local church and about why we wanted to do this podcast. So, Eddie, why don't you tell them, why is this Rural Church Podcast 2.0? Why don't you talk a little bit about the Rural Church Podcast? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I, you know, I, I think maybe, you know, in the last four years, um, a lot has changed. I know four years ago, we both would have said that we love the local church. Um, but even more so now, Amen. I think over these last years, especially as we have went through um, a shift, you know, even with the pandemic and all those things, the necessity of realizing that what God is doing kingdom wide is in the work of the local church. I think so often uh we we think of things in terms of movements. I was thinking of this this morning when I was uh, getting ready to, to come to church. I was just thinking about how that so often we want to be a part of a movement. We want to be a part of something that's larger than ourselves. And so we think in terms of the of convention or we think in terms of denomination or we think in terms of uh, of those kinds of things when the thing that's larger than ourselves is your local church. That is the thing that's larger than ourselves. Amen. Amen. And I don't, you know, so we did the Rural Church podcast and we, ju we just tried to stay disciplined and, and it, it just kind of fell apart. But here's, here's my vision. And I want to, uh, I want to talk a little bit maybe in this episode about my summer, but, but my vision is just me and me and Eddie are good friends and we enjoy the time together. Um, so we, we are, about what would you say, Eddie? Ninety minutes apart, 
about yeah maybe just a hair over that something like that it doesn't seem like that long but it's far enough we don't see each other very often anymore that's right it's far enough that we just don't see each other i pastored in in clinton arkansas and i met eddie in 2013, he was preaching a hard message at the associational meeting, and I walked up to him afterwards. It was at his church. I'd never seen this guy before in my life, but he was smoking about easy believism and all these things, and honestly sounded like a Paul Washer sermon. So I, uh, I, I <laughs> walked up to him afterwards, and my shibboleth was, uh, have you ever heard of Paul Washer? <laughs> and, and, uh, and my response was, did you not just hear that message? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So we kind of hit it off and became friends. And so one of the purposes of this podcast is if no one else listens, me and Eddie get to talk to each other at Amen. least once a week. And so we enjoy that. But the idea is we love the local church. We love the rural church. Not that we don't care about churches and city centers that's great but we just feel like there's not a whole lot of talk about rural america and um this is where this is where god has planted both of us and so uh if we were in urban centers we would be talking about from a different perspective but we're able to kind of give you know uh, a certain perspective from the rule ch- uh, uh, regarding the rural church that i'm not sure is out there on the uh interwebs al gore's interwebs so uh we're just, we, we, we enjoy that. Anything, uh, and that, that's kind of what we'll be talking about. Theology, life, things that come up, um, for example, and not very long in a few, uh, probably about eight, little, around eight weeks, maybe seven weeks, there is a goat fest. <laughs> really? In Perryville, and I'm going to go do some evangelism there. But anyway. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully there'll be some sheep. <laughs> Some sheep are going to the goat fest, bro. But anyway, crazy stuff comes up. That's that's what we want to talk about on this podcast. We'll talk about life, theology, ministry, all from a local church perspective. And then, of course, our unique perspective of being in, in rural Arkansas. Anything you want to add to that about about kind of the, the idea for the podcast? Yeah, and I think also, too, is thinking through um, how that God is growing things in in your local context, your local church and the churches nearest the, you that you can be in um, in partnership with. So I think about you and I and how that, you know, we're, we're both not far from Conway and there's some great things that the Lord's doing there. And, and us thinking in terms of instead of thinking we've got to be tied into something that's happened two states away or 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 something like that. How can we partner with the people that are that we can look in the eye, and then be able to partner even for global mission when we're when we're thinking about the kingdom of God starting with uh, the local churches that we're a part of um, and the brothers that God has put in our lives, and as opposed to maybe what we've seen in the past where it's about uh, these these big organizations. Whoa, 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 so, whoa! Don't you? But don't you need a big organization if you want to make a, a global impact? Well, that I'm glad you said that because I was about to ask you uh, to share a little bit about um, about your summer. And I want to share a little bit about uh, my summer because I think we both had um, experiences this this summer that have maybe uh, 
would help us to even think through this idea of local church partnership? We both lost a bag, but in different ways. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. That is true. <laughs> Mine, uh, Aero Mexico, lost my bag. But guess what? They gave it back. And yeah, I didn't you, get mine back. You didn't get your back. You had someone breaking the eighth commandment. And uh, all right. Well, I'm a different pastor, I believe, in August. This is we're recording this in August, in August of 2022, even than I was in May of 2022. I, I think, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to look. You can go back. You can look on iTunes. You can find the Rural Church Podcast. This is the Rural Church Podcast 2.0. I hope it'll be on iTunes as well. But if you find the original Rural Church Podcast, you can listen to our episodes. And and there's a lot about Eddie and myself that are that hasn't changed. Um, but there is some things I think Eddie's right that have changed in this. And and not maybe you don't say changed as far as like our roots have just gone deeper, you know, and mm, and yeah, our convictions. Really. And so for me, two things for me, and I shared this with our church a few weeks ago, but two things for me were Anaheim, the Southern Baptist annual meeting in Anaheim, and then the uh, mission trip I went on to Mexico. Um, in Anaheim, and, and Eddie, you, you didn't go to Anaheim. I tried to talk you into it. I tried to, you know, guilt you into it and excite you into it and uh, anything short of just paying you to go but uh but you were you were you were kind of a little bit already past where i was yeah you know? we're well and not just myself but our church was already a little further down the road um as far as relationship to the convention you i'll know, give you a quick analogy you guys are yeah i'll give you a quick Don't analogy work. from anaheim in 2012 in the fall of 2012 i bought my dad and myself tickets to go see Alabama versus Arkansas because I just knew that year was going to be the year that we beat them. You know, we hadn't beat them. I've, I've been married 16 years and uh, this coming fall and I have five children and I was not married the last time Arkansas beat Alabama. So here we go. We were going up there and I'm, but you remember Petrino had left and I was like, Oh, I wasn't feeling good, but Hey, maybe we can beat them. We can rah, rah and beat them. And they slaughtered us 52 to nothing, something like that. I mean, they just destroyed us. Okay. Anaheim was worse than that, in my opinion. (laughs) Anaheim was an absolute kick to the teeth. Um, You had Rick Warren, who was celebrated, uh, who who even made a a jab at Reformed theology. He was celebrated, even though he has women pastors. We, we said we couldn't define what a pastor is. We had Adam Greenway that was trying to defend partnering with churches with women pastors. You had seminary presidents who would not, who refused to uh, talk about equal protection for the unborn, except for Al Mohler. Al Mohler did. Um, you had, uh, uh, you had a, a refusal to talk about plagiarism in the pulpit. You had a refusal to talk about qualified men in the pulpit. You had a refusal to listen to the, the wisdom of, of men like Mark Coppinger on the sex abuse task force. It was just an absolute slaughter. Tom Askell got beat. Bodie Bauckham got beat. You know, every kind of conservative, strong male presence was beat. We ended up with Bart Barber. We've seen already that Bart is willing to compromise. And it's just, it, it, it was really a kick in the teeth and my heart was just broken. Anything you want to add? I've talked for a minute. Anything you want to add? I do want to talk about Mexico, but anything you'd like to add about that? Well, I mean, yeah, I would say that 
um, our church had already made some moves uh, really after after Nashville. Um, a lot of this comes down to where where your people are as a church. We've the Lord has been gracious, and we have seen a lot of growth in our church in the last three years. Um, but all of that growth is people who've never been Southern Baptist before and don't really care anything about being Southern Baptist. And they're looking at all the, um, the egalitarianism, they're looking at all the wokeness and they're just saying, why, why, why would we want to be a part of this? Well, you know, and they're not. And so our church was already after Nashville, um, looking toward uh probably moving away and we actually this year starting in january when we started our new budget we pulled our funding of the cooperative program and have been funding individual missionaries and uh mission societies uh, on a monthly basis and praying for them and that's been the way that we've been doing our our giving so a lot of that had had a lot to do with me not uh investing the time to go to Anaheim because we were kind of already past the point where we probably weren't going back no matter what happened in Anaheim. Um, but all of that being said, once again, I think it comes down to, do we view the, you know, I've heard Tom Askell mention this a lot, the idea behind the cooperative program and behind the Southern Baptist convention, if you go all the way back to the founding, um, is that it's supposed to be uh, the headquarters being in the local church. But the reality, and regardless of what the reality of that looks like in the SBC, I do think that what God is doing in his kingdom is, is best served by us being uh, committed to what we're going to accomplish in the local church. And this is where we want to be faithful with our service, seeking the Lord's glory and and I can't affect the 42,000 churches in the SBC, but God has planted me in Marshall and among the brothers and sisters at Marshall First Baptist. And that's where I believe the Lord's going to reward that faithfulness. Yeah. On, on paper, here's the deal. On paper, I've said this to my church. I've said this I've probably publicly and openly. I, on paper, I like the Cooper program's idea. I like the idea. But practically, it has become a shell of its former self it has it is being abused and corrupted and it's it's and i so so much so that i would say look if you're listening to this and your church is giving a blank check as it were to the cooperative program hey we're going to send five grand to the cooperative program y'all divide it up however you want i'd say please please don't do that you're going to be held accountable we're wasting we're wasting our missions money to to send it in like that that and and i would say 20 years ago that the SBC was happy to have rural small churches. Um, but I would say today, especially with, with Twitter and blogs and podcasts, they honestly just rather us leave because mm. we have a different fundamental idea of mission, what the church should be, what cooperation should be, bro. Uh, the, 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 the push right now, for cooperation with people who affirm women pastors and can't define pastors. Wow. You know, like what, and this isn't coming from Bob in his mom's basement. This is coming from Nathan Finn. You know who Nathan Finn? Yeah. This is coming from yeah. Adam Greenway. This is coming from prominent leaders, a seminary president. 
in the Southern Baptist Convention. So anyway, um, I was pretty dejected. I told my church that on Tuesday I was brokenhearted. And on Wednesday, I was angry on Wednesday. If I would have come home on Wednesday, I said, we're out, we're leaving, we're done. Um, our church is not going to take that position, but we are, Lord willing, going to be adjusting our cooperative program where we've already had the talks and we have to, you know, we have to vote on all that. We can't just pull a lever as it were, but that's, that's the direction that we're uh, moving, Lord willing. But anyway, um, anything yeah. else you want? Yeah, I, I, I want I want you to move on to talking about Mexico, yeah. but 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 just on that note of thinking about our partnership with missionaries, I'll just use uh, July as an example for our church. So in July, <clears throat> the missionary family that we're working with is the Scovert family, and uh, I personally know Marco uh, and uh, Marco and Laura Scovert. They are working in Johannesburg, South Africa. And so um, I was able to call Marco up and uh, get in touch with him. And he was able to share not just what was going on in their ministry, but in their family and with their children. And, and they were dealing with something with, a, with their infant son. And so our church was able to know about that and pray about that, which honestly, you, you just can't do that with however many thousands of missionaries that two cents of what Marshall First Baptist actually makes it to. But uh, we were able able to actually connect with and support and pray for Marco and Laura and in the ministry that, that they're doing there. And because we know them and because we know where they stand uh, theologically and where they stand from a missions, you know, philosophical standpoint, we're able to pray with great confidence for what they're doing there. Amen. Um, and so that's just one example. And we've, and that's how it's been this year. And it's been a blessing. And and if, and I don't want to use them because I know them and faithfulness, but let's just say if you are supporting a missionary and this missionary decides to go a different route, you don't have to spend five years fighting. You can just say, okay, Hey, we just can't, can, can two walk together unless they are agreed. We just can't, we can't yeah. continue to support you. And you find someone else. Cause it's not like, man, there's only, there's only three missionaries in the world to support, you know, or whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, there's well, on that same note, a mission, a missions uh, group that we did support back in the spring um, about the same time that we were supporting them. Um, I, I talked to the main person in charge and, and heard them present something that I don't, don't believe our church would be, I don't want to get into the specifics, but sure. I mean, it wasn't heresy, but it wasn't, something that would be probably in line with, with our philosophy and, and theological convictions. And so, you know what, next year, you know, at the end of this year, when, I, when, when we sit down as a mission team and finance committees and all those things to, to set next year's budget and next year's mission support, we'll, we'll probably put somebody else in that spot, but not yeah. because just because we have the freedom uh, and the responsibility in stewardship and faithfulness to the Lord to do that uh, as a local church. We uh, there are too many like-minded missionaries to, to to feel like you have to compromise. Amen. That's right. So we've got to get moving because we wanted to kind of keep these episodes thirty minutes ish, give or take a little bit. Yeah. But I'll, I do want to talk about Mexico, and I know you probably want to talk about Utah. 
Yeah. Um, move on. So what, you want to talk about Utah first or Mexico? You, you go ahead with Mexico. So I met um, last summer, I met Randall Easter, pastor at By the Word Baptist Church in Briar, Texas, right outside of a little community right outside of Azle, Texas. And we just kind of hit it off. And so he came and he preached a an evangelism conference for me. And then I went in, in, in this spring and then I went and preached at um, his Easter week conference in April. And he was basically like, hey, you need to go to Mexico with us. And then Jonathan Murdoch, I met him and at, at the conference in April. And they're like, yeah, you should go to Mexico. Well, then I don't remember really how the conversation went, but Randall called me a couple of weeks later and he was like, you need to go to Mexico. And it was kind of like, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like you should go to Mexico is like, you're going. <laughs> and so I started and, um, I, uh, I started the process of, of going. And so we went and I got my passport. That's a different story. Kind of funny how all that happened, but I went and, uh, boy, God broke my heart in Anaheim and he, he fixed it up and filled it even fuller for the local church in Mexico, if that makes sense. One of my church members said, uh, one of my church members said, Anaheim doused you in gasoline and Mexico set you on fire. <laughs> uh-huh. I think that's good, that's but I, I can't describe everything. And, and hopefully we'll, we'll try to work out a thing to get Jonathan on here and talk more about it. But the thing going on in Mexico and in Central America is amazing. Uh, Reformed Baptist pastors, guys coming out of uh, the charismatic movement, guys that are coming out of like um, the Baptist groups down there that are just similar to SBC, just kind of watered down. And now they're they're digging into uh, reform confessions and Baptist history. And, and it's just amazing. So um, Tom Nettles, we actually do a Zoom call once a week. Actually, after this, I'm going to jump on a Zoom call with them. But Tom Nettles was on the last couple of weeks teaching about church history. And so we go down there and, I, and look, here, here I am on my high horse. I'm going to teach these pastors in Mexico about how important the local church is, you know, and and bro, they ministered to me. And I was preaching one message about seek the things that are above from Colossians three. And sometime immediately during that message, right after that message, I was just convicted that I spent too much energy and brain power on the Southern Baptist convention. Mm-hmm. I was, that's not seeking the things that are above. And, um, and, and just to see those people, their heart down there for the local church, they're doing church discipline. They're, they're, they're trying to worship God rightly in their music and in, in their scripture reading and their preaching. And um, they're trying to have healthy churches and all this is a part. There's no mission organization. There's no like, there's no like overhead. This is all local churches helping local churches. And and so meeting pastors down there hungry for the word of God, church members that that were coming to services all day. There's no AC. And now in our conference we did, but I have some split units or whatever. But I mean, like just the hunger and just it just I'm like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 so I came back and I, I preached a couple of strong messages here. But the point is, we've got to be a healthy church. If the SB, I don't want to see the SBC tumble into the sea. I hope there's a revival and reformation and, and I will contribute some I'm sure and, and help some that I can, but I, I've got to focus on Prairieville second Baptist. And that's a real, real short version, Eddie of uh, how God has just been working 
through me in me this summer and uh some of my I, I love the local church and we've got we've got to be healthy right and, right uh, so, well and and look the the I, I want to get to talking about Utah, but the issue with uh, the SBC is not even the things that are happening at the convention. The issue is 42,000 unhealthy churches. And the greatest thing that you or I can do is to see Perryville Second Baptist and Marshall First Baptist be healthy churches. That's the greatest thing for the kingdom of God, even the greatest thing that we could do uh, to help out Southern Baptists in America would be what we can do in our local churches because healthy churches is the only thing. The, the only the only hope of the SBC is that is that individual churches become more healthy. Amen. Convention is not going to fix churches. Churches would fix the convention. That being said, so uh, you were talking about Mexico, and so if 2018 is is the last time we had a rural church podcast then that would have been just after, the fall after we made our first trip to Utah. So me and some other pastors made a vision trip or a a fact-finding scouting trip to Utah. And um, I've been on other mission trips. I've been to Honduras, and I've been to other places here in the United States and things. And and thankful for all the opportunities the Lord has ever given me to minister and to serve and to preach the gospel and to different people groups, but there is something about the way that the Lord knits a person's heart to a people group. And, um, and I would say the Lord really knit my heart to, <laughs> it's a religious people group, but to wanting to share the gospel with those who have been trapped in the false gospel of the church of the Latter-day Saints. So the Lord really did that even in that first trip to to Utah when me and some other pastors went out there. And since then, we, we didn't get to go in 2020, but we went in 2019 and we went in 2021 and 2022. And so we've made three trips where we took teams out there and worked with local churches and missions to, to help uh, the ministry there. The first year we went, we worked in Morgan, Utah, and uh, which is the most Mormon county in all of Utah. And we worked with the church plant there. The last two years we worked in West Haven, which is a kind of outskirts or, or kind of a in the Ogden area. And we've worked with a church called Sojourn Church, a great reformed Baptist uh, church plant there. And um, so if you're in the Ogden area and you're looking for a church, uh, they're at Quest Academy there in West Haven, Utah, but um, worked with them. And all I would want to say about this year is, you know, it's easy for us to come back from a mission trip and say, yeah, it was great. We had so much fun. Um, This was the hardest mission trip I've ever been on. We just had more trouble. Uh, And we we joked at the beginning about losing our bags. We did. uh, we, We stayed in Denver, Colorado on our way out there, and we did get our our van was broken into and, and a bunch of us had our stuff stolen. Um, but it, not even that. This trip just seemed like there were a lot of barriers and a lot of hardships. And look, we're, we weren't like Paul. We weren't being beaten or shipwrecked or anything like that. Uh, we had not resisted to the point of shedding blood. So I don't want to make it out like we are these, these tragic martyrs because we were not. But it was more difficult. And the reason why I want to share that is I want to simply say this, that what I've experienced is the faithfulness of God. Um, 
It's easy to point to God's faithfulness when we are well. It's easy to point to God's faithfulness when a trip goes great and, and you're excited and everything was perfect and maybe you've seen a lot of tangible results. But, you know, over these last few years, I've, I've really been seeing the faithfulness of the Lord in times of hardship. Uh, we, we've mentioned COVID a couple of times. Um, I had COVID at the end of 2020 and was, and was pretty sick, double pneumonia. And one of the things I thought about while I was, was probably at the sickest point was the Lord is faithful. Mm. He was faithful, Amen. not when I was well, but when I was sick. And then now, um, after a difficult mission trip, I'm ready to go to Utah again because I want to see the gospel uh, expand there. I want to continue to bless our brothers and sisters at Sojourn Church and, and, and be a part of what God's doing there among that local church. And so I just want to remember that the Lord is faithful. And so I think that frees us to say the Lord's going to take care of his kingdom. I just want to be faithful where I am at Marshall First Baptist, where I am working with brothers and sisters um, that we can partner with, and we can trust the Lord with what he's going to do with the whole kingdom because he is faithful. Amen. Amen. Well, just a couple minutes left. Our game plan is to record once a week if we We'll try to get something new out every week. Some some weeks we might not. We might share a sermon that either Eddie or I preached or maybe a sermon that we just really liked. And um we hope that we hope that you guys enjoy and just enjoy the conversation. And sometimes we might hit hot button issues that are going on and sometimes we'll just really be focusing on on things going on in our own local churches. So Rural Church Podcast two point oh, you got anything left, Eddie? Man, it's just great to great to be back on doing the Rule Church podcast again. And of course, enjoy having conversations with you, brother. Amen. Y'all catch us next week on the Rule Church Podcast. <laughs>